Welcome to the Nehemiah Entrepreneurship Community Podcast. I am your host, Patrice Saguet. Well, Andy, I have here with me my good friend, a new friend, somebody that I'm just uh, appreciating so much, Andy Mason with Heaven and Business. Andy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Patrice. Wow. So here's the deal. Uh, tomorrow is Thanksgiving, in, at least in America. And we thought uh, to have Andy in to talk about giving thanks in crazy time because he actually wrote a book uh, titled, um, you know, uh, Hope in Crazy Time. There it is. Finding yeah. Hope in Crazy Time. And uh, I got to prepare for this. I got my e-copy. Andy, first of all, congratulations. You did a great job. And Thank you, you actually even provide a free audio book. You know, I, I, you know, I don't give anything for free, but you do. I mean, I like that. So you, so if you get Andy's ebook, within it, he provides you a free download of the audio book at no cost to you. So it's like a two for one deal. That's it. I love it. I love it. So now the question right now, wherever you are, whatever's going on, uh, these are crazy times. We have COVID-19, we have social unrest, at least in America. We have political uncertainty. <laughs> And of course, we have economic instability. The market did well yesterday, but you know who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. So we've invited Andy, the founder and director of Heaven in Business with Bethel Church, based on based in Redding, California. A lot of us know Bethel in Redding uh, to help us give thanks in these crazy times. Uh, Andy has written a book titled "Finding Hope in Crazy Times." He's written actually several books. This particular book it features daily stories of hearing God. Uh, and so we're going to refer to the book and as we walk, use the book as a resource to help us to give thanks in these crazy times. I first met Andy uh, when him and I was working together. I, I think I joined the Great Awakening Project together uh, what, last uh, last month, actually, right, Andy? It's just more yeah. recent, uh, which is a movement committed to mobilizing Christian leaders in the U.S. and eventually around the world to work together to influence uh, culture around the seven spheres of culture. Uh, we both are a part of the business sphere and recently worked together to build a framework for a common definition for kingdom business, which Andy uh, spearheaded. Andy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Patrice. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, Andy, you know, um, I was I had your bio on my phone that I was supposed to share and I had to turn my phone off because when people call me, it disrupts the, uh, the feed here. So I'm going to turn it to you. Andy, um, you have an amazing story. Uh, first of all, you were born and raised in New Zealand, uh, a business executive. You've authored several books uh, by, a, by a miracle of life's journey, which I want you to share a bit. You ended up in, uh, in uh, Redding, California, but you came there pretty much in pursuit of God's purpose and God's will. Uh, you, you were jobless, just obeying God in school there. And and, and, and the Lord kind of just revived everything for you and positions you to lead this amazing ministry. Yeah. And you've been helping marketplace people through your online community, the, the events you have, your books, and so forth ever since then. Is that kind of what's happening here? Yeah, ab absolutely. So uh, just sharing that, uh, so I heard you say, and how did I get to be here? And that's, so from New Zealand, my background is agriculture. So sheep, beef, deer, dairy farming i thought i was going to grow up and manage a large corporate ranch and then work internationally in uh, we would call missions or uh international community development so i end up a series of different jobs in that grew 
expanded, very involved in local church. So there was never that separation. And uh, 2008, uh, my wife and I heard God say, leave everything and go to a new country. I'd never, mm. I'm not sure your story. And, oh, you came with your parents from Cameroon. But for us, actually, was, I came by myself, but I was a kid. I was 11 oh, years old. Yeah. I came to, to see my aunt. But, but you're right. I was, I was a kid. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, it's crazy. So we just never thought. I never thought I'd leave New Zealand. It is a beautiful country. And a friend of mine said, and I just, I was unrest. Like just something wasn't sitting right. I didn't know what it was. So I actually took a promotion at work and realized it's, it's just not that. It didn't satisfy. And then there was some minutes, there's some ministry role. And I spoke to my senior leader and he's like, no, I'm not sure where you fit. So it was just like, God, it's not, it's not business and it's not ministry. Like what else is there? And a buddy said, what if God is leading you to a different geographic location, which I just never even imagined. So I literally came around, wrote in my journal, which is, and this will come up again and again, the book, Finding Hope in Crazy Times, is this journaling my walk with God. So I wrote in my journal, this is the latest one, just a notebook, uh, is my future in this location? Is our future in this location? And within one week, three specific scriptures, God directing us to leave everything and go to a new country, which freaked me out, but led this journey to Redding, California, uh, I did a, a ministry school and again, not sure what we were doing. Like, God, why are we here? And, and we're, there's no income. And like, how do I feed my four children? And all of those different things. But in the middle of it, uh, this the heart of this environment is on earth as it is in heaven. Like your kingdom come. We talk about kingdom business, your kingdom come. And my question was, well, that is not limited to a pulpit or to a church ministry. What does it look like in business? And what are we doing to equip the business people in our city? And there was just no answer. And it was one of those ones. It's like, somebody's got to do something. Someone should do something. And finally, it's like, you do something. And so they, that was my first year in the school of ministry. I was connected to some local business people and just went and served them. And just really probably the gift of encouragement. And it's like what you're doing, you're in business. That's a noble calling. I want to validate that and give vision to what's possible. And then we started to share stories of what God is doing in business all over the world. And then it just gradually grew from that until three years later, we start to build what we've called heaven and business, which is all about helping people partner, practically partner with God in their place of work and then grow influence in the city that they serve. Wow. All of that with two two children? Four. Correct? Four children. Four children. Wow, four children. And, of course, a wife. So One wife. How, one one, one wife. wife. <laughs> That's important to note because my granddaddy had, had 80 of them. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and uh, our viewership, listenership is all over the world and also in Africa. So we want to no confusion because because in um, in in uh, um, in uh, where was that you're from again? Not, not Australia, New but in New, New Zealand, New Zealand uh, you know, husbands don't have more than white wives. That's okay. not a Christian one. Yeah. <laughs> now. So so how was your wife feeling throughout this journey? It's amazing. I think um, the 
the thing that's amazing is if here's what I believe, and this maybe speaks into some people as well, is that if God's going to lead you to some significant decisions, it's got to be the two together. It's like mm. husband and wife as one. So it's not husband just deciding what he's going to do. It's like, no, this is together. This is the both of us. So right from the start, this God gave me two scriptures about leaving everything. But my wife then said, this is back in 2008. She says, okay, God, if you're going to speak to Andy, uh, Lord, I need to hear you as well. Because this is this is her leaving her family, leaving friends, leaving everything. And so she's like, okay, God, give me a scripture. And instantly has this thought, Jeremiah 3.14. And nobody knows what Jeremiah 3.14 says. It's a Bible reference. There's a book in the Bible called Jeremiah. So she sits down beside the fire, opens up her Bible, and starts to read. Now, our question was, God, are you leading us to a different geographic location? And she starts to read Jeremiah 3.14, and it says, I will take you one from a city and two from a family. And I'll lead you to Zion and set shepherds over you according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And she just begins to weep knowing, oh, God is leading both of us. So your question, how was she in this? I think probably her husband, as in me, caused more of the problem than God did. If I just relaxed and trusted God in the process, I'm sure I would have been more fun to be with. But she has this resolute faith that God's going to provide, uh, you know, rental wow. property. No one would rent us a house because we're foreigners. Even though I'm white and look the same as a bunch of the people in my city, it's like you're a foreigner. Like we're scared of you. Scared. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, um, you, I mean, you're English. When you think of New Zealand, you would think you sound like an Australian. But no, you guys. So you got you guys and the those from Singapore. You guys kind of sound alike. You have that Queenish, you know, kind of uh, you know, kind of English, yeah. which which we all love here in America. Yeah, yeah, you do. So you get a good a lot of good attention from them, sure. Yeah, we do. It's funny. I got a, a there's a pastor in town, and he said, "I just I think your voice is anointed, just the accent." <laughs> And I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not. I just, I think we're business people. We just use whatever we can. That's going to work. Whatever yeah. works. You know, um, your story reminds me of uh, our partner in Kenya, Frankie Tanga, uh, from the agriculture space. He also came as an executive. He, he, uh, he got his settlement at his job, at his business, was working with a multinational in Kenya. He came to take, he took biblical entrepreneurship and through that, he decided, and then he built a business plan around a farming business. Yeah. So he went, he won second place at the international business plan competition in Orlando, went back to Kenya and he launched that business. Uh, and, but then he used the money he, he won from the competition to invest in a license for the biblical entrepreneurship program oh, to wow. take it. To go to go relaunch it in Kenya because it impacted so much, and the Kenya program was shut down. He did it all online. So as he did that, um, what he then did is that he he launched entrepreneurship. Before he knew it, he was making more money from the entrepreneurship training than he was from his farming business. He was using that as something his farming. <laughs> he went straight ahead full time. Well, now Andy, he's built one of the most successful centers 
in, in our network internationally. Oh, wow. Impacted hundreds of entrepreneurs. Uh, just an amazing, amazing grace. I mean, the power of obedience. Yeah. In terms of what God can do. Yeah. I, would, I remember literally going back to Kenya, meeting with him. I mean, he had little resource to feed his family. He didn't have health insurance. And God has turned it all around. But oh. Andy, let's talk a bit about where you end up landing, which is Redding, California, Bethel Church. It has its own reputation. So what is it about Redding and, and, and Bethel that, that has this unique grace and anointing? What is happening there? What juju magic you have, you guys have going on over there? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. So for me personally, we had no desire to leave. So it was like God sent us very clear word to come here and be a part of this church. And I think what draws people to and to Bethel in particular, they it's like this ache inside of people that either the Bible is all true or not at all. And miracles are for real or not at all. And to hear and see that there are real live miracles and it's not about working up something. It's just a natural part of this is part of the normal Christian life so that the supernatural is, is natural. It's normal. You don't have to be weird or unusual. It's just the look at the disciples. It's the natural life of a follower of Jesus that the miraculous happens. I think that is what typically draws people. They want to see the power of God. But then what keeps people is they recognize it's it's not about the miracles. It's about identity and culture, the culture of freedom and empowerment, the culture of identity where I learn it's not about something that I do. It's about who I am. Then I realize that God is not an ogre in the sky waiting to hit the nuke button because I've screwed up again. He's a loving father who paid the ultimate price, not for a workforce, but for a family. And that then I then when I learn that and be a part of that, that's contagious because that changes people's lives, that my value is based on who I am and whose I am. And then I get to work from that identity, not in order to obtain some value from the things that I achieve. That's That's what we get to see again and again and again. And, and that is so important at a time of crisis or uncertain time, isn't it? Because in uncertain time, your very identity is questioned. You need community. Yep. And so, and as a result, uh, that being in that kind of environment. But here's the thing. California is not exactly the Bible Belt. I mean, for those who know about America, I mean, you guys, I mean, California is actually one of the most liberal uh, states in the union. So, why California and, you know, how come this is not happening in, you know, in North Carolina or in Georgia yeah, or in Florida? Yeah, I, I think I think maybe that's the humor of God. You know, why did why did God pick uh, Bethlehem or Nazareth? Like what good could come from there? It's like the humor of God. Why did he pick the most religious place on the planet? to plant Jesus. It's just like, oh, he's not afraid of difficulty and challenge. It's the kingdom either works or it doesn't at all. So what better place than California? Because this is real. It's it's tangible. And it's way more than just doing stuff. That's one thing. It's more like, why not? I love it uh, how the kingdom is light 
in the darkness. And so, so many believers get saved from darkness, come into light, and then form a Christian club. And then circle this, like, circle the wagons, let's keep safe. No, you were designed to carry light into darkness. So if there's no darkness around you, perhaps you're in the wrong place. Like, we're supposed to advance. So there's that part, which I think is fantastic. The second part is we're actually Northern California, which is a lot more conservative than Southern California. And then the other thing is, it's not, this is not exclusive to California. There are churches, there are ministries, there's organizations, there's businesses all over the world. And I know your listeners are like this. It's like, this is awesome. You're in Seattle, I believe. And there's things happening in Seattle. This I've got friends in New York. I've got friends in Dubai that are just like seeing God do amazing things. I've got friends in Saudi Arabia who can't, publicly say what they do because of the danger to their life but they're seeing the presence and power of god move with great miracle signs and wonders so it is happening everywhere and there's just a favor and grace on bethel right now to be a voice to some of that which is a privilege but it is certainly not exclusive oh i love it that's good to know <laughs> god is no respect of person so let's talk about heaven and business. So you get rooted there and you're, you're part of the ministry and it's as though no one was doing this. You came there and you, know, you saw the need and you were hoping somebody will start it and the Lord pointed at you. Yeah. So you told us what it does. So, so tell us, so how'd you get this going and, and how challenging or difficult was it in the front end and what kind of impact are you having with heaven and business? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is a good question. Yeah. Um, how did we start? So we started by get con getting connected with a local business person. Uh, it's 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 interesting. Again and again and again, I hear uh, conversations where people talk about, I have this group of Christians and we're doing a Bible study. And then the moment that they go to do something with a real business, like getting my hands dirty, actually going and praying in a business or doing something where there's any measure of risk involved, suddenly there's only 10% of the people. So uh, it's actually, that's one of our core values is activation. Don't just tell me, let's do something. So I, we just did something more because I didn't know anything else. So I'm starting to, that's how we just got thrown into it. And there was another guy that was doing that with me. So we were just, well, I don't know, we know what we're doing. We're working it out. So that was how I started. One, just do something, follow the voice of God. Secondly, I started to meet every couple of weeks at a local cafe with a growing group of local business people that were just hungry to experience more. Yeah. They're like, where are the miracles? And so literally we just gather around coffee because coffee is just so good. And usually for me, it's like some form of sugary and something that I could ingest with sugar in it. And then we would uh, just tell stories of what we're seeing God do in our businesses, in our lives, and it's amazing. The more you tell the testimonies of what God is doing, the more you see to happen. It's a, that's a principle of the kingdom. You get more of what you ingest, as in the stories that I am inhaling and repeating, you get more of it. And that, that so those core things, one, do something, two, is the testimony, giving room for this. And then I just got to give me ideas of what we can, let's try this. So that grew into a, a class within the school of ministry. And it's like, how do I build a business that demonstrates God? I want to see evidence of God in this. 
not just a principled business. I love that. But where's the evidence of a supernatural God at work? And we, we started that. And then what if we did a, a two-day kind of a, a summit, executive summit, and we invited 36 people, and they're all influential business people. I'm like, is this even going to work? And threw that together, and it just blew my mind. It's like, oh, my gosh. Like the disciples, when they get sent out two by two, and they come back, and they're like, oh, my God, it works. It works. It was like that. And literally, that's been the last 10 to 12 years of just growing and how do we work and and the reality is heaven and business is a part of bethel church but it's a self-funded department so that was one of the the hard things i'm thinking if this is the heart of the church they want this why don't they pay for it and that was and then and why are they questioning it and why are they like what are you doing why are you doing that i thought well, you'd want that this is what you want now I can look back and say the hard things were actually the gift of God because it forged me to say, do I really want this? Do I like ownership? It's like an entrepreneur. It's You can do as many strategic plans and they're really good and planning and, and screaming, but it's only when you get out there and try and sell your first product that you find out this is real and do I really want that? So, so I'm not just talking about something. We've had to forge it the whole way with visas. With, with every aspect of that within my city and working out income streams, working out God saying, go online. He's talking to a, I'm an agricultural guy from New Zealand and God says, go online. I'm thinking, well, what do you mean online? So learning about subscription businesses and how they work and how the platforms, all of those things we've actually, so then now when we talk about heaven in your business, partnering with God, I'm not talking from something that I want. I'm talking from something that I have experienced. So now I can say, if you don't believe me, believe the stories. Here's what I've been doing. Here's what God's done in me. Here's what here's what other business people, what they're doing in my city, where they're praying over pizza dough and people get healed by eating the pizza. I mean, who would even think of that? Uh, others that uh, read a book and they're, Parkinson's symptoms reduced to zero. Another guy hears God for ideas and trades and, and follows the voice of God and makes $50,000 in 24 hours. This just, it's like, oh my gosh, the core of this, it's not about success. It's about the partnership with God in the process. And that's, so then even the difficult, hard, challenging, painful things, the rejection, the betrayal, the gain, the loss and employees and people and friends, then through all of it, I've found that God is faithful, which means then I can give away what I've learned. Isn't that the real deal? Um, we read scripture, we believe it, but, we, but when we have to live it, that's truly when we are tested in it. And many entrepreneurs, uh, they question that they assume because it is heaven in business that somehow it should be heavenly. Yeah. <laughs> but the reality <laughs> is, is it, 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 there's this submission, this death process that then produces the heavenly. Yeah. But no one wants to die, do we? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> painful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> painful. Um, now, uh, I'm not sure if you know him, but Scott Reiser, um, he's one of, on our advisory board. He's about to release a book. Um, and him and I were talking uh, last week, 
and um and I was telling him what he what he the book he's written. I said, you know what? I think Andy will love this. And he said, Oh, Andy Mason. I said, uh, I said, yeah, you know, Andy Mason. He says, Patrice. I mean, uh, Bethel was where I got my juice. Oh wow! So, so you've got a. He's a uh, Scott is a. His business is Yakaba. He's a typical nuts and bulk business guy who built a technology company in um, in Washington D.C. Well, in the D.C. area in Maryland. Very successful. And he wrote a book from a practitioner perspective. And he says where he got juiced up was, he said, Bethel was where he got his fire, where he learned to walk with God, yeah. where he all this stuff. And I think he's been at some of your conferences because he knew you very well. Yeah. And, uh, and he said he's been at some of the heavenly. So, so you've got a disciple out there, my friend, who yeah. have, who's walking out what you thought yeah. and who has a book full of miracles of what God has done. So I said, I said, okay, I cannot wait to tell Andy about it. So I, I'll make sure that once I make the connection once the book comes because he's a disciple of yours. I want to see that. I want to see the book. Like that's all signed, signed. Stop. I'm telling you, yeah. it's incredible. So I'll make sure it does. Now the, the other thing that's happened is there's another. I have another friend and and even uh, donor. His wife. They are out of uh, Barry James and Joanne James and Joanne uh, James. So Joanne loves what you guys are doing. Um, she sent me an email two weeks ago saying, Patrice, have you heard of Bethel Technology? Yeah. And she said, you need to connect with these guys. And then I said, you know, it's funny you said that because I just met this guy named Andy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Patrice. Yeah. So the Lord is doing something here, Andy. We're yeah. talking to Andy Mason uh, from Bethel in, uh, Heaven and Business. Um, and we're talking about giving thanks in crazy times, in times of COVID, times of political uncertainty, times of economic crisis, at times of social unrest. How do you give thanks? And tomorrow in the United States, we're gonna have uh, our Thanksgiving. How do we give thanks in these times? Are we gonna glean from uh, Andy's book as to, Evan, I mean, Andy, if somebody wants to right now connect with you through heaven and business, first before I go to my next question, where do they go? Yeah, so they can jump immediately on uh, heaveninbusiness.com. They can find that there. And also on Facebook, Heaven in Business, where you read stories of what God is doing. And so they can find a ton of stuff in there. Awesome. So, um, Andy, so what led you to write this book, Finding Hope in Crazy Times? Was yeah. it these current circumstances shared? Or was it something else in your own life or a combination of both? Yeah, so this great question. Thank you. Um, this was about actually July, August of last year, so of 2019. So before COVID, um, there was political, there was still crazy stuff going on, but nothing like what it is now. And uh, my wife and I were talking about, you know, what are we doing next? And Actually, we were just having a good heart-to-heart -heart conversation of what are my strengths, what's my wife's strengths, and how what what's God got for us next? And we're always like, what's next? What's next? And I we're just processing together. I'm great at stories and great at out there. Jokingly, we say Andy's the show pony, but my wife is the platform and stability and the wisdom and the grace to move forward. Her ability to write, and and I've been pondering 
what do I do with my journal? In my, like the one thing that's anchored me through all the ups and downs of changing continents, of health challenges, of we moved into this house and six weeks later we had the biggest wildfire in California in 2018 and it burned all around the house and the house stayed the same but we were displaced for three months and those ups and downs, are the ups and downs financially, all of the different things, the one thing that anchored me is the word of God, is hearing his voice. A man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I've just literally journaled, these are the words that he's speaking to me day by day. And this is what it practically means. So between my wife and I, we just realized, what if my wife and her ability to articulate things better than me? So she took my journal, which was illegible to anybody else, and actually read through it and took and identified 30 different uh, days, you could say, different scriptures and what God spoke out of that, what it meant and how it applied to my life, and then the gratitude and thanks and prayer in the middle of it. And that's how it turned into finding hope in crazy times. So it was actually written and due to launch, just as COVID launched in the United States of America, and I'm like, oh my gosh, God, I couldn't have planned this better. Now, it's so it was written before COVID, but just knowing that life is crazy and how do you find God? How do you find hope? How do you get to the point where you can give thanks in all things? And so that's what led to writing it. Wow. Uh, first of all, look at God's timing, right? Yeah. Uh, so as cover was coming up, the Lord had you prepared two for his people. That is awesome. So we're going to we're going to walk through this book, um, kind of going to pick some of the of the writings that Andy did and kind of have him just share with us how those help us to be hopeful. But before we do, um, Jennifer Bray, Andy says, awesome testimony. Thank you so Thanks, much. But before we do, um, Andy, let me ask you this question. So we are Thanksgiving is tomorrow and um, so many people are facing crazy times. What is the most difficult, what's most difficult for people to be thankful for, to be thankful during these kind of times? What do you think is one of the biggest hindrances yeah. of people being thankful in midst of crazy times? Yeah, I, I think it's it's real. It's I understand this is because I'm faced with so much uncertainty. And just when you've got uncertainty, then something else happens. It's just like, oh, my gosh. So we are literally like Peter walking on the water and then we're looking and we're like, oh my gosh, there's political upheaval. And then we look that way with the wind and it's like, oh my gosh, racial upheaval. And then we look the other way. It's like my family finances. And then my leader that I, in whom I trusted is now leaving. It just lets on and on and on. And the key is we're no different than Peter when Peter sank and Jesus says, Peter, get your eyes on me. That's what thanking does. Thanking turns my eyes off the storm and back onto Jesus. Thank you that you are bigger than the storm. Thank you that your kingdom is not under threat. And the more that I then thank as an act of worship, as an act of gratitude, it turns my eyes off the storm, which is not helping me do anything, and sets it back on Jesus and focus on him, and then I find myself actually held by his hand. Oh, this is going to be okay, to the point that 
you know, absolute victory is you're still in the middle of the storm and you turn it into a playground. Uh, my daughter, who's going through you know, a heart challenge, a respiratory problem, and she talks that she's she has like I want God to deliver her from the problem, from the pain, but through the pain, she's gained the ability what she calls an umbrella in the rain to the point where even though it's raining, even though it's painful, even though she's got to do what she does, she's got to a point where she can celebrate even in the midst of it, which is like, was it, uh, was it Peter? Like gets into the prison. He is in prison, not some American prison or some country where it's, it's like vacation. Now, I know that's not all places, but some prisons are like that today, not then. Victory is when I can get into the prison or in the middle of the pain, and then I can just start to sing. Uh, just like, I don't know, Ron Cannoli. If you heard of Ron Cannoli, just yeah. a phenomenal man of God would sing. And he talks about the hardship, and he goes, So I sing, and I sing my way to victory. It just so thinking does that, sets my heart in affection. Suddenly there's this, there's this earthquake, and they get freed. Even if I'm not freed, I'm going to worship him in the middle of this. And that's what thanking does. Wow. So you may say, wow, I want that kind of faith. And so we're going to walk through as many as we have time for each of the daily devotional meditation words that Andy worked in. We're going to have him give us a little tidbit from each of these sections so that we might be able to be as he just stated. Before we do, um, if, of course, you want to know more about uh, Bethel, Bethel, if you want to know more about Heaven in Business, uh, go to heaveninbusiness.com, uh, heaveninbusiness.com. There you can learn more about Andy, his ministry, and be a part. If you want to purchase the book, um, you, you want to go to, there's a link right there, uh, Finding Hope in Crazy Times. Go to Amazon. You can get the ebook, the audio book, or the physical book. I got mine a couple of days ago. Amazon was very easy. Little trick, get the ebook, and then he also gives the audio book for free. I don't sure about what, what happens if you get the audiobook, but get the ebook. I didn't know that. And then so I got both. I love audiobooks personally. And then also, if you want to know more about the Nehemiah Project and how we can come alongside you with training, coaching, and access to capital, or be a part of our community, uh, go to nehemiahecommunity.com, nehemiahecommunity.com. There you can learn and get more about how you can work with you to build your kingdom company or to start a new one. So, um, of course, during this time, uh, we are uh, encouraging individuals to help sponsor entrepreneurs into the training and coaching program so that we can ensure that all entrepreneurs who need the help can get it uh, because our program can be expensive for some. We encourage you to consider, as Giving Tuesday is coming up, consider uh, being, being uh, generous and sponsoring an entrepreneur or a job. Just go to our website and figure out more. I'm sure. Andy, uh, people are able to give to heaven in business. Is that correct? Yes, they are. Um, All right. So heaven, kingdom. Uh, so giving to this is coming up. So considering, so if they go to the heaven business website, are, are they, is there is there a donate button there they can find? No, it's it's kind of a it's a funny question because we're set up like a business in that regard. What I'd say the easiest thing is one, you can buy something. That's the best way to give, and the same okay. with what they do for you. But if they want to do something, they can contact us. And because we're a 501c3, they can. But that's awesome. There's there's ways to so, do that. It's a little bit messy though because of how we're connected. And 
Yeah, so connect with Andy directly. A giving to is coming up. Consider among the ministries you want to support. Consider Heaven and Business, one of those ministries where you can make a gift or a reoccurring gift. Contact Andy directly. So Andy, let's empower the people. So for the rest of our time, we I'm gonna kind of that's funny. This came out of your uh, out of your personal study, out of your personal um, uh, personal uh, how do you call it? A journal. Yeah, that is powerful. So your your first uh, chapter, you, you you have a title. One word changes everything. Yeah. So Andy, how does that help us? That particular section. Yeah. Well, literally, this is this is Matthew. Oh, in this case, do I, do I use that one? I did. Thankfully, I did that. Um, Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word. So one word literally does change everything. And look through the Bible, how they were going in a direction. And then one word from God changes everything. Uh, Paul, uh, Abraham, Moses. And so many times they screwed up really, really badly. But for us, one word from God changes our situation completely and sets us on a course which means, so practically, I've got to hear his voice. Uh, I, it's like, first seek the counsel of the Lord. When I've got his strategy, his input, his direction, his courage, he is my source, then that releases the favor, the moment, the grace. And it's like, you know, okay, I'm on track. Now I can move forward. It's something to stand on. So yes, one word does change everything. And the key in what you're saying, I want you to elaborate on this, that one word, we have to receive it by faith, don't we? Because it's not just about the word, but it's our conviction, our faith, our belief in, in the power of that word and the fact that God is able through that word to do what he said, isn't it, Andy? Uh, 100%. So I'm reading. So for me, what? how did I practically get this? So I read my Bible on a daily basis. It's the word of God is a foundation or anchor to my life. But the, just reading it doesn't necessarily produce life. It's the rhema word of God. It's as I'm reading it and then something jumps out at me or something releases peace inside of me or a fire. This looks like your attention is drawn to something in particular. So I pause on that because that's the breath of God breathing onto something for me for that day. And here's a real cheat sheet for you. If you, it's like, where do I start? Well, if you're not sure where to start, start with the, like, particularly now, we need wisdom to know what to do. The book of Proverbs is broken down into 31 chapters. That's kind of like one chapter per day of the month. You never forget what you're up to. So you can read through that. I'm looking for what jumps out to me. Uh, what speaks life or what is like fire in my bones? I grow weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Then that releases the faith to act on it. So, so it's like, God, what's, what's the, what do you want? It, what are you saying to me? What does that mean? And then here's the faith, faith acts, action. What am I going to do as a result? So the chapters in here, each one is broken down like that. Here's the scripture. Here's the application to that for me, it's the story. And then there's some questions for you. As you go through this, what does this mean to is break it down for you? What does this mean for your life? Which I think is that your comment on this would be interesting. I think that's where we fall down as followers of Jesus. Most of us read the Bible and pray and then put it down and then go to work. It's like, no, 
it, it, only when the book becomes, it's like the word became flesh and mm -hmm. dwelt among us. It's like the word spoken to me became flesh, my flesh, as I went about my business. That's when it becomes real. That's when faith becomes evident or demonstrated. I love it. As Andy said, uh, each, each of the chapters, he has a section called Going Deeper that allows you to go deep to own that information and today's action that allows you to put into action so that it can become um, real. And by the way, um, Andy, in this, in this book, he has, in terms of the number of these, um, he has 33, yep. I mean, no, he has 30 of these, so you can take it for an entire month. This could be a proverb for you and go one day with different uh, sex segments of this. So if you want to give thanks in, in crazy times, get in the word of God and, and get that one word that can just change your circumstance. And, the, and then you go to two, you go to show me what you heard. Tell me yeah. about that one. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what we've been talking about. I love this. And you, this is you, Patrice. It's like, stop talking about it, people. Like, don't, don't, don't yap. This is like, show me what you've done. I want to see the body scars. I want to see the, tell me the stories. Uh, that's what excites me. And that's what this is about. Is it's, it's only when you walk out the door of your church, of your Christian, whatever it is, that's when it gets real. I love it. James. Like, show me what you heard. And then the beauty of this is this is Mark 4, 23. This is in this chapter. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear with the same measure that you use. Hearing and doing. It's the same thing with Jesus. It's like, don't just hear. It's, I, will, I, I will see how much you heard by how much you do. But Andy... These are uncertain times, and you want me to get out of the house? There's a line out there, Andy. You want me to get out of the house and do something? But wait a minute. The whole point of me coming to you, doctor, is to help me avoid the crazy out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, how's that working for you? <laughs> yeah, I, I love this. I mean, it's the messed up. Just, just quick pause on this. Jesus wrecks me. Like, because I'm a results-orientated, achieving kind of a guy. And the greatest victory of Jesus is the cross. Naked, betrayed, uh, abandoned, rejected, betrayed by his close friends. And he's like this, not resisting. He could have complained. He could have called down angels to destroy the opposition, wipe out COVID. He could do all of this. Yet there was something about him, which is called this is this is meekness, this is humility, where he took he knows he didn't consider it robbery, knowing who he was and powerful and could have done anything, but he chose to yield his will to the will of God, knowing that going through this is going to release a victory far, far greater, which we get to benefit from. So that's for each of us, for someone, it might be go out the door and go and buy something from your local business and pray for that business. For someone else, it could be learn how to start an online business and you get out and you just take the risk and you do it. For someone else, it could be uh, write out a check and give it to Nehemiah Project so that they can have someone go through that the entrepreneurship course. For someone else, it could be 
it, it's like it's kind of like there is no script. I have to hear the voice of God for myself and then do that. And that's what this journey is all about for me. I love it. So in time of crisis, n- number one, get the word. Right. And number two, do the word. Do it. <laughs> and then Andy takes us to this third uh, piece. By the way, guys, we're going to try to cover as much as you can to get the book because this is deeper. We just touched the surface. He says, prepare for increase now. How does it help me increase your time, Andy? Oh, man, this is this is and this is. We could spend hours just on this, Patrice. This is you. I mean, this is your life. This is Isaiah 54. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Like, don't hold back. Don't draw back. Don't shrink back. He's like, well, I can't. The government have restricted what I can do. I can't meet with people. It's like, forget about what the government is saying. You can do something now. Even if you're immuno, like oppressed, like you cannot, like if you go outside, it's a literal risk to you. Even in that case, there is something you can do. It's, it's like you could pray. Yeah, we know that. But actually, you can research. There's so many courses. There's so many free things. You could do the online uh, Nehemiah Project entrepreneurship course so that you are preparing for increase now. Um, I love this book. Um, Dr. Robert Clinton, he's a fuller theological seminary, this book, The Making of a Leader. I just happened to have it right beside me. Chapter seven in the discipleship spiritual formation is all about how people grow in deeper maturity in God. Every one of us walk through this. Difficulty, adversity, three things, isolation, crisis, and, and conflict. I'm like, this is 2020. So for people to say, it's like God is leading us all through different circumstances, but it's all isolation, conflict, crisis. Don't fight that. Start by saying, God, what do you want me to learn in the middle of this? So that, uh, like it says in Song of Solomon, we come out of the wilderness leaning on our beloved. So the invitation to intimacy. And number two, Jesus, who got led into the wilderness and then came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. I I am fully convinced that we're going to come through this. And on the other side of this, we will see who has prepared for increase now, learned what God's got for you in this season and embraced it and applied it and faced my fears and dealt with my stuff and prepared for increase now. Once we get through this, we're going to see a rapid acceleration or the public display of what's been going on privately. So make sure. I love it. Andy is kind of reminding me that Jesus never changed a situation or circumstance in somebody's life without them doing something. Yeah. I mean, you got to do something. And then, Andy, you now go to the fourth day. You said, do I make a plan or simply trust God? Yeah. Tell, tell me about that. Yeah. So I'm a planner. Uh, when it, Before coming to the States, I knew where I'm going, what we're doing. Uh, we're, we're, like. I, like I, my classic question is, you know, where are you going to be in 10 years? It's like, that's awesome. And then God just goes, boop, takes us like completely afield. All our savings, all my retirement, everything just like, poof, just gone. And it just ripped me out of everything that I had planned for. And it's like, God doesn't make sense. 
And it kind of gets to the point of what's the point of planning them? What's the point of what's the point of even making a plan? What's the point of having a strategy and a cash flow when just gets blown up by COVID or blown up by someone's health thing or God blows it up by leading us from one continent to another? And through this process, it's, it's like recognizing even on my best day, I don't control the future. God is in my future. I stay close to him and it's going to be okay. It's going to work out. I'm going to get there. And through this, I realize I put my confidence in the plan rather than in the God of the plan. And so I'm, I'm just adjusting. I still plan. I still strategize. But I just bring this, oh, my dependence and reliance is on God and the plan serves me, but I'm continually listening to God in the process. My ears hear a voice from behind me saying, this is the way walk in it. He's training us up as sons and daughters, not as servants and slaves. So I plan and I'm following the voice of God. And as I plan, I'm listening to the voice of God. But my hope and my confidence and my security is not in the plan. It's in the person behind the plan, which is Jesus Christ. This is good stuff. Guys, if you're not receiving this, you got a hole in your soul. I mean, this is just good stuff. I mean, at the end of this podcast, you should be saying hallelujah, amen, because your circumstance is changing even as you are listening. Receive. Jennifer says amen. Thank you, Jennifer. We got one amen corner today here. Uh, yeah. some, some of our people are not. So um, what, what came to mind as you were talking about that, um, Andy, is James chapter four, right? Where you see that contrast between the guy who coming to go to that city spend a year there, do this and that. And, and the Lord says, uh, wait a minute, what, what are you stupid? You don't know the future. You know, you're nothing but the vapor. And then he says, it's not as you can plan. He said, but here's how you plan. If the Lord will. Yeah. And then Andy, and then you take us on day five to the importance of delay. Yeah. Andy, you're about to you're about to get personal, man, because I hate delays. Oh man! I, hate, I mean, the, the reason I'm anxious in crazy time is because of delay. What are you telling yeah. me here, Andy? Yeah, I just just for the record, I hate delay. I just like, can we scrub patience out of fruit of the spirit? Like that would just be, wouldn't it be so much easier? Maybe not, but just like, why is delay so good? Because delay reveals the heart. A delay is what produces character. Uh, was it you or someone else I was talking to today saying, I want character. I just don't want the fire that forges it. But there's just, there's just no way. That there, you, cannot, you cannot learn trust without delay. You cannot learn or risk. You cannot learn patience without delay. There is something that happens in that process that forges so for us, all of the delay starts to trigger all these questions. Have I failed? Have I done something wrong? What should I done? Should I done differently? And I start to navel gaze and circumspect. And but just like it's gone wrong. And and this is what's in here. Have I done something bad? What about retirement? Uh, shouldn't I? Do I deserve this? All this different thing. That's what delay produced. And then God spoke. Proverbs thirty verse five. Every word of the Lord is tested, refined, and proven to be true. 
it's just like it's just that if if it's not going to be tested if not if you're not going through a challenge right now you will but the challenge is not to knock you out is to prove that what god said is true i love the story of um god took the israelites he wants the israelites to get to the promised land but he takes them through enemy territory why it actually says more than this in the book of Psalms. It says that then God God led them through the territory and he actually mm. built them up so they got stronger and stronger and stronger. And then he went ahead of them and he picked a fight. Like, so God, it's like God goes to Patrice and he's like building Patrice and Patrice is working out. And he's getting stronger and he's and he develops his entrepreneurship curriculum and he grows in business. And then he's like, he's pumped, man. He's buffed. He's like strong in God, strong in business. And then God's like, hey, angels, we've done a great job with Patrice. Now, let's help Patrice see how strong he really is. And so God goes ahead of him and just goes into the enemy camp, smacks them around, slap, 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 slap. And this is Patrice did it. So then the enemy comes at Patrice and, and we're like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this. It's like, no, you were trained for this. You were born for this. You were born for adversity. You were born for difficulty. That's like you got the spirit of God and you have no idea what you've got inside you till it gets tested. And one of those tests is delay. And all it does is prove that everything God did and said is true. Let's wait. Let's see. It's like, I don't want to wait and see. You will be waiting and seeing. But what you do in this delay is gold. And will I allow that gold to be refined in me and produce something sweet and precious and true? Or I'm going to face it again at some point. Man, this is good stuff. I mean, Romans chapter four, chapter five, verse four. Not only that, but also rejoice in our suffering because we know suffering produces character, perseverance, perseverance, character, and it goes on and on. This is good stuff. I, I I got two more. Again, he's got 30. 30 of these. All right, 30. I, I just covered so far. I just covered five. I'm going to get two more before we close, Andy. So number six, you said it's okay to depend on God. Tell us about that. Yeah. I'm just going to read this straight out of here. This is this is the chapter. The scripture actually was Isaiah 25. It just talks about who God is. You are my God. I will exalt you. I'll praise your name for you have done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. For you have been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat. For the blast of the terrible ones is a storm against the wall or the relentless heat of the desert. But you silence the roar like a cloud that gives shade. So what is this? It's in times when the storm is raging around you and it's hard to see the way forward and it's hard to hear his voice. He is still with you. Our God is a God who wants to give strength to us in the midst of the storm. He wants to be your refuge, your strength and your safe place. It is a beautiful picture of a God who doesn't always calm every storm that we walk through but he wants us to be be our strength even in the middle of the turmoil that's where it's it's okay to depend on god it's okay to pause turn it's like jesus what are you doing he's sleeping which means it's okay 
for you to do the same. He is not afraid of the storm. So sometimes the best thing you can do when it's all raging around you is just go have a nap. It's like, I'm just going to go and I'm going to rest. And I used to do this. This has messed me up because I'm so used to, I'd say, now I would say doing things in my own ability. I used to say accomplishing things for God. No, it was more my own ability. And when we first got here, I, I couldn't do anything. I was on a student visa, so I wasn't allowed to work. Now I realize it was a gift from God. Otherwise, I would have made something happen. And literally, he would lead me to this prayer house at Bethel on the campus. And and he's like, and my prayer used to look like pacing the floor and praying in my spirit language. It's like, God, let's, let's grow strong in the Lord and the power of his might, and quoting scripture. And he's like, no, I just want you to lie down and trust me. I'm like, well, that's not praying. It's probably doing more. And I learned that God does more when I'm resting than I do when I'm working. And time and time again, I'd get up from the middle of this and there'd be a text on my phone or an answer to an email or he's done something when I just position myself in a humble place of, God, I trust you. It's okay to depend on God. It's okay to pause and be still and say, God, I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do, but I trust in you. And then you see the last one, guys. He has 30 of these. Okay. If you want to get this book, go to Amazon. You can get a copy. Last one, Andy. Finding Christ in your storm. <laughs> it's like I, I kind of laugh about it now. But this is, I think we're all in storms. You know, it might vary the degree of the storm or how personal it is. And this one particularly was talking about my daughter. Um, when she was 15, she went through this. It was terrible. It was a nerve condition, like in the family of PTSD. But this is my 15-year-old daughter who lost like 40 pounds, ends up in hospital, couldn't drink, couldn't eat. Uh, we end up being separated. Uh, my wife and my daughter went back to New Zealand for physical therapy. While they were in New Zealand doing tests, they find out she's got a heart defect. It just went from crazy to crazy to crazy. And I'm just terrified. And like, what do I do? But what happened in the middle of that is my daughter's faith became real. She found God in the middle of her storm. And that's what this is. These stories again and again and again. Sometimes the best thing for you is a storm because you find Christ in the middle of it. It's the, it's this one thing. It's like I love it when God delivers us from the storm. It's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's like, oh, king, we're not going to bow down to you because my God delivers me from the fire. But even if he doesn't, I'm not bowing down. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in the fire, and then suddenly Jesus shows up in the fire with them. Like, what would that have been around it? It's like so often we're praying for deliverance when Jesus wants us to experience him in the middle of it. And that's what I'm experiencing. I do not have a theology of suffering and pain other than I know that's going to happen because we're human and it's what Jesus walked through. But I have a theology that's anchored in the goodness of God that even in the storm, he's going to work so good and so amazing because of who he is. 
I will experience him in the middle of this and I'm going to come out stronger, better. It's like the devil threw this at me, but I, so much it grew in it. It's like, like he just loses seven times over because of what happened and how I met God in the middle of it. And there's one of these, it's not this particular one, but I'm just remembering um, last year, uh, like a tragedy with a very close friend, lost a son. And I'm just rocked. Like it can't get worse than that. And i like, what do I do? And I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I end up going to Australia for the memorial service. And I'm sitting there and I'm trying to process, God, this is so opposite to everything you said. It doesn't make sense to me. And you're saying step out and grow and enlarge. But it's just like I feel embarrassed. Like I have le leading people to believe you for great things and then they fall on their faces and it's painful. And if it was just me, I could handle it. But this is people around me and it's incredibly painful. And I'm processing this. And like God doesn't make sense. I feel embarrassed and ashamed. Am I a fool? Have I stepped out ahead of you? And then I hear this question. I pause because this is journaling. And I'm listening for the voice of God and I hear this question. What day did you leave reading? I'm like, just such a random question. It had to be God. I'm like, as if God didn't know. I'm like, well, that was Sunday, like the end of March. And then the next question, what day did you arrive in Australia? And I said, well, it was the 2nd of April. And then I, it's like I had to explain myself to God. Like, because, well, you know, we hopped in a plane and there was this date change as we were flying because of the time zones. So we actually missed the day. And so we went, we left on the 31st of March or whatever it was. And we arrived on the 2nd of April and, and now I'm in Australia. And next question, what day did you miss? And I suddenly realized we missed April Fool's Day. The 1st of April was considered April Fool's Day. And I suddenly realized, and I hear him say, Andy, there are no fools with me. You will not be embarrassed or disappointed. He literally wiped April Fool's Day off the planet for me for that year to tell me you will not be embarrassed or ashamed which is Isaiah 54, enlarge, step out, take risk, prepare for increase now, for you will not be embarrassed or ashamed. You can trust me. And that's, that's just how good God is. Even in the middle of chaos and storm, we can meet him. And that's what it is, finding hope. It's finding Jesus in crazy times. What a great guys! I, I just covered. Uh, I just covered uh, seven of them. He has God is my abundant supply. Nothing can contain you. Don't judge another servant. They get the correction. You'll be not ashamed. And it goes on and on. Finding hope in midst of crazy times. I'm not sure what you're facing right now. And if you're an entrepreneur, I'm sure you're facing something now. You face it. Um, this is the medicine you need um this is the medicine you need it's not your not your grandmother's gospel because it's a mass it's a gospel of toughness resilience and perseverance it's the gospel that jesus thought don't you leave yet because i'm going to have andy give us some it's kind of a summarized word to go kind of like andy if you got to walk with one thing what should it be before you leave if you want to get this book, uh, go to Amazon.com where you can get the book called Finding Hope in Crazy Time or just type up Andy's name there and his book. 
He's got other books over there, by the way, that you can find. And we'll have him come back to focus on other books. And this is this good. I want to hear about the other book. Also, by the way, guess what, friends? Um, I've asked Andy to speak for us next year at Nehemiah Week on a theme, uh, trials. How, how do we triumph in the midst of, in midst of a crisis? And he's going to bring this good stuff over there in Nehemiah Week next year. So don't miss it because uh, you can you can pre-register, by the way. Just go to the website, pre-register. If you register between now and the end of the year, only $99. The team is going to be, take advantage of it so that in August next year, you can join us virtually from around the world. Um, also, if you want to know about Andy and his ministry, you can go to heavenandbusiness.com. There you can learn about it and how to connect. You want to connect with Andy directly. That's his email address. We're going to put up there. Just connect with him directly. Remember, uh, Giving Tuesday is coming up. If you want to uh, make sure that Heaven and Business and in my project are part of your list and just uh, be generous on that day. Uh, if you want to know more about Nehemiah Project and how we can come alongside you and provide you with training, coaching, access to the capital, or be a part of this growing community of entrepreneurs around the world, go to NehemiahEconomy.com. NehemiahEconomy.com. And then also, uh, lastly, if you enjoy this podcast, here's one gift you can give us. Share it. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to receive good things, but don't hold it to yourself. Share it. You know somebody who is who needs to give thanks in crazy times. You know somebody who's going through crazy times. You know somebody who's struggling. Share with them and let them be encouraged. I know you've been telling them this, but somehow when they hear from Andy, something different is going to happen. They're going to call you and, and say, wow. And you go, don't you say, I told you so. You just say, praise the Lord. Okay? So you want to do that. What a gift uh, for Thanksgiving. Andy, you blessed us. Andy. Before uh, you leave, you know, in midst of all this, if you got to walk on one thing, entrepreneurs from Africa, from Europe, from Asia, from 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 North America, Latin America, if they got to walk on one thing as they strive to give thanks in midst of their crazy time, what would it be? Yeah, and I would just give you the the word of God, which says, "Not one word of God is empty of power." For nothing is impossible with God. That plus Matthew 4, 4, which is man doesn't live by bread alone, by strategy alone, by uh, business plan alone, even by activity alone, but by every word of God or every word that is proceeding from the mouth of God. So here's my one thing for you is get back into hearing the voice of God. Make that a priority. And hearing is manifested by doing something. So I'd encourage, if you're going to take one thing from this, the word of God changes everything. So take the time to read that. If you're not sure where to go, start in the book of Proverbs that matches the day of the month. And then just read through and say, God, speak to me today. And then whatever stands out, say, what? Am I going to do differently today? How's this going to be demonstrated in my life that I've heard from God today? What am I going to do? And then as you do that, you'll see start and start to shift first in here because that's the greatest gift and then everything else around that. Wow. Wow. Amen. Amen. I receive it. Andy, I normally pray for our people, but I want you to pray that there's a clear known thing flowing from Redding, California this morning or this afternoon, or wherever people are. And so, guys, I hope you enjoyed it. Andy, thanks for being here. Andy, could you close us out? Pray for our people, Andy, before you leave. Yeah. 
Thank you, Patrice. Father, thank you. Thank you for every single person listening and hearing this right now. And I just release a spirit of faith and the fear of the Lord, a faith that propels us to act and this fear of God that keeps us humble in the midst of the acting. Father, thank you for whatever adversity and difficulty that we're facing, every storm, because we can find you in the middle of it, that you are bigger than every storm, bigger than every challenge. Your throne is not under threat, but you're secure and confident and anchored. So I just bless everyone with Psalm 16 that says, I have set the Lord always before me. And because I'm constantly aware of him, his presence around me, I will not be moved. So I bless you as you hear this, that you'd feel the favor and the pleasure of God tangibly around your life, that you'd feel his nearness, that his grace that covers your weakness and his faith that is also a gift from God that propels you forward. I release his kindness and goodness to you that leads you in the fullness of what Jesus paid for. Father, we just bless Nehemiah Project. Thank you for the platform. Thank you for the grace on them that's equipping and activating Christ-centered following entrepreneurs all over the world. I ask that you bless them, that you multiply the fruit of their hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I receive it. Andy, thank you so much. Guys, don't forget, we have a seminar coming up. It's free, Work as Worship. Make sure you register. Andy, we love you, man. You have to come back. Thank you so much. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. God bless.